entertained? Are you not entertained? Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. You're listening to the French Press Podcast, where we discuss events from our lives. Welcome to the French Press Podcast. This is episode 367. And it's Tuesday, May 11th, 2021. Ruben, where are your glasses? I, I'm not I'm not handicapped. Oh. I can wear I don't have to wear them all the time. Don't you want to see me and and The Absent Jeff? The absent Jeff in in Crystal clear, defined HD. The problem with glasses is it's a little bit of a chore. I keep them in a case to keep the lenses uh, clean and uh, unscratched. And so it takes some effort to get them out, put them on my head. Yeah. And then when I'm done, put them back in again and back in my bag. Yeah. So I don't always wear them. And right now I don't have to like read or see anything on my screen that's fine print. I mean, I could basically do this with my eyes closed. Wow. Well, everyone, if we sound a little fuzzy, it's because Ruben isn't wearing his glasses. Um, today, so yeah, Jeff, Jeff's gone. Yeah, well, he's coming. He's on his way. Yeah. He got double trained. Yeah. So. It is true, though, um... I don't know what the term is, but like when you happen to be like rushed and a little bit late for something, it often ends up that more things go wrong. Yeah. Indiana Earth. <laughs> um, we do have some feedback about my about the classes. Last week, I don't know if anyone remembers, but we asked the question uh, what what what's um because you have glasses, mm-hmm. like what do, what advantage do you have or like how do you use this to your advantage when you're communicating with someone? And Are cool. there any life hacks? With yeah, glasses? like getting your point across by taking them off, etc. Coworker Mitch, he thinks that the reason you take glasses off when you're trying to to emphasize a point, mm-hmm. it's it's not actually to extra uh, to try to make a point. It's actually to remove the barrier between you and the other person. You're trying to make yourself a little more human by by taking off. Your glasses. It's essentially, it's like taking another layer of the onion off to get more down to the root of who you are the as a person the or the core of who you are as a person. Yeah. Now, the only reason I strongly disagree with Mitch is because when people, people who wear glasses all the time, mm-hmm. the glasses are part of them. It's like an extension of their arm. I would say it's less than an extension than it is actually... An extra it finger. may as well just be their arm. Oh, and it when, might as well be their eyes. Exactly. When you t- when someone who regularly wears glasses, mm-hmm. who you're accustomed to seeing with glasses, and they take them off, I don't think they become more human. I think they become less human. They end up looking more like some abnormality, like like an alien. They look incomplete. Yeah, they look like they're blind. Exactly. You're missing eyes. <laughs> but do you know what I uh, – Jeff, Mitch left some feedback. Jeff is here now. Jeff just got here. Oh, good. <clears throat> Mitch left some feedback about the glasses, and he said that taking glasses off, it's not about making a point. It's about removing a layer and becoming more human. Mm. You're removing that film, 
It's like, wait, in, in his example, it'd be he like... Wear, he wears glasses all the time, so that means he's less human. <laughs> this is starting to get... This is starting to make a lot of sense. Ha- handicapist. <laughs> um, Anyways, but but, do you, but then you, you heard my point, Jeff. Like what I was saying, when people who wear glasses regularly and they take them off, they don't look like themselves anymore. Mm. In fact, sometimes they're downright frightening. Because you can, you can see the indents on their nose where the glasses were resting. You can see the marks on the sides of their heads where the the frames the were, frames were cramped, crimped together. And I'm not saying that's what I saw when Mitch took his glasses off. But that's almost how I feel just after wearing my glasses for a few hours. Mm. At least the part about the lines on the mm. side of my head. I don't feel like I get lines in the side of my head from glasses. I think it's a sign of glasses that are too tight. I feel like mine are too loose. Do you see lines on my head? No. Mm. Oh, well, I haven't been wearing them for for about an hour. Maybe Maybe slightly slightly. in your hair. But barely. So I think we need some more feedback from people. Um, But definitely, Mitch is just wrong. I mean, I don't think that's up for debate. (laughs) Well, you heard it here. Mitch is wrong. (laughs) Oh, boy. Have you gotten, uh, it? you know, we went, I, I gave you a play-by-play of how the the taking off of glasses can be used to um, get a point across. Mm-hmm. Did you get a chance this past week to, to use it at all? No, I, I'm waiting for the opportune moment. Mm. I'm playing my cards very close to my chest. This is, this is when your life is very close this, to your eyes. This is when you have your glasses on and you're like, Leighton, whip them off. I'm waiting for the opportune moment. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I can't wait. I'm I'm really like looking forward for that moment. Th- this discussion happened last week, right? Yes. Yeah. Because I was, oh. I did not listen to the episode. Oh, okay. That I so. <laughs> but okay. I was say, the so, action that you did of like taking the glasses off was way faster than what I did. <laughs> well, okay. Like, there's the there's two there's two ways to take glasses off. Yeah. There's the there's the quick whip them off spy kind of like cool guy vibe. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the slowly taking off, folding them up and setting them on the table in front of you. Mm. There's probably a medium one in there too. But yeah. Those are the, the I probably extremes. gave the medium version. Yours was definitely, yours was one handed. Yeah. But slow. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, and by the way, Theodore's not here as well. I'm not sure what, He's got coming going on, yeah. but I would have been on time. But here's my semi-legitimate excuse: is that I forgot something at work when I was about three miles away and had to turn around and go back. So that wouldn't have taken too long. Except I got trained two and a half times in Napanee. Two and a half. Two and a half. What's the? How half? did you get the half? Okay, so so the train w- went like was going through, starting to come through right as I pulled up, and there was like a long line of traffic in front of me, including a semi, probably two. I couldn't see further past the semi, but anyways. Maybe you need glasses. So the train goes. The gates start going up. About two or three cars go through. Gates go down. Another train goes. Okay, so that's twice. And then just as I was pulling up to it, the gates started going down again, but then they went right back up. So that's two and a half times. Yeah, I would count that as Enough bad. to, like, slow traffic yeah. down. Wow. So, and then uh, the construction guys in Napanee decided that 
It was the perfect time. The Indiana Earth. Indiana Earth. <laughs> <sighs> don't ever hire them. I, I don't understand. I, I don't understand. But they were like the middle of rush hour in Napanee, okay? Like this is the worst time of day. Traffic gets backed up for half a mile in Napanee. And they're just sitting. On a normal day. On a normal day. Yeah. And they're sitting there at the corner with a payloader, like scooping up dirt and just driving around the intersection. <laughs> like not not in the middle of the intersection, but like at least blocking off one fourth of it. Mm-hmm. Of, of six and 19 with their big payloader for several minutes. And so the traffic was going really slowly through there too. You know that construction, like road construction guys, like love that. Just like uh, flexing their power. Uh, like, then we do whatever we would you say the same about farmers? Well, farmers that are driving on the road, totally with their heavy equipment. Yes, but, but legally, farmers farmers are at least in a hurry. They're in a hurry, but yeah, it's true because they're private companies. They're yeah, they're like they're like well, is we gotta get there. A privately owned company. I think so. Oh. Uh, it probably is, but they're it's they're working on government contracts. So oh yeah, right. Um, but legally farmers have to let, what is it? If they, if they have three or more cars behind them, they have to pull off. The yeah, side they're supposed to. Back. I wonder if it's the same law in uh, Pennsylvania because we, I was out there a few weekends ago mm-hmm. visiting my wife's family and we were behind a, I think it was a sprayer. When, and sprayers can go pretty fast. It could go okay. about, but it was also the, the kind it could of go about really 40 tires that you think you might be able to go underneath. Um, I never got quite that close because oh, there was yeah, there was a lot there were some vehicles but it was it was at least like i'm not sure if it was quite that high but it was um yeah my, my grandma bit. did that once with a friend drove a bw bug under one of those things well, on, on on uh yeah like they they like stopped the guy and they were like hey we want to drive under you and he's like okay sure and then they drove underneath wow that would be exciting <clears throat> it's like a car wash Ooh, layton you i have stumbled on a new a million dollar idea it is a themed, a farm themed car wash. No, getting your car washed while you're on the road. Oh, you yeah. schedule a meetup, and then you're still like going towards <laughs> your destination, but you just kind of drive underneath this thing. Yeah. And then once you're done, you just speed ahead. No, 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 no. It works better. It's better than that. It's like a toll booth where you just drive through and it bills you. Oh, there you go. Man. And they have a mm. they have a manure spreader that's like flinging soap onto you, and then that thing just like washes it off. But then if you don't pay, it just actually flings manure on to the <laughs> actual manure. Yes, they have another one for their head. Right. <laughs> uh, I think we've actually the one thing driverless cars could actually do this because could. if they are both communicating, like they're like on the same server or whatever, being controlled by the s- same control center then they can like time this perfectly and you can get yeah. your car washed did you ever think would it about be, if there uh, were you, driverless cars you wouldn't ever have to have stoplights yeah cars could just go correct yeah that would be kind of scary you would never have to take the time to wash your car even but you could the send thing it to the car wash well that's oh, what yeah. i was going to say the thing about having driverless cars you why not just have it just send itself to the car wash yeah um anyway we kind of got a little bit off track but we were behind a sprayer for about five minutes with way more than three vehicles between us. And mm. finally, we just took a detour to get around it. Mm. But it was super frustrating, I think because I was a farmer once upon a time. And I was very conscious about getting off the road whenever there was vehicles How behind me. How old were you when you were driving? 
Uh, probably as young as nine, nine to about, um, I think, I think 17. That sounds about right. Yeah. Nine year olds driving tractors down the road. Sounds about right. Oh, at least, at least 11. It gets better. Or it gets better when you're driving a fast track with (laughs) 15, with, (laughs) with 5,000 gallons or whatever it is of manure that literally won't stop for anything. Most of these uh, roads are, you know, backcountry roads with, with little are, traffic. That are really narrow, that are very that are, easy to That are very narrow, people. yes, but also very <laughs> low traffic. <laughs> anyway, um, construction crews, I don't think they have that sense of urgency. They don't have an SOU. They don't. Because to them, they... it's just a J-O-B. <laughs> yes. Layton <laughs> spouting off PWI core values. Yeah. They're so ingrained. He brings them up in his sermons, too. Well, it's just, <laughs> if they would have integrity. Core value number six, guys. If Come on. They'd know we about... do things right, no matter the cost. <laughs> uh, and when do we deliver? On time. It's amazing what you can accomplish when you don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Who gets the credit? <laughs> it's it's the, 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 that core value is like perfectly lined out so that the line ends at don't care. And then who gets the credit is on the next line. So you could just easily like highlight it it's or like, what like, like what you can accomplish when you don't care. Yeah. That is fine. I, I did not notice that. Uh, anyway, we've got some edibles as well. We have some edibles. These are from looks like, looks like months edibles. ago. Wow. From the great land of Michigan. Hmm. I have a mouse story. Oh, well, go ahead and tell it. You too, huh? Oh, boy. Oh, you too. No, you go ahead. Oh. You actually have a mouse story? I could say one, but oh, it's really not us. that great. You should tell us your mouse story. Okay, so this winter. Okay, winter time is the time is that when, your story too? when mice move into your house, right? Yeah. It's a common occurrence. Mice in your house, just it's a thing, okay? Well, we haven't actually had that many mice in our house. Hmm. Uh, we caught one like, I don't know, six months after we moved in. And we caught it in a trap and killed it and whatever. It was perfect. But this winter, there was this uh, adolescent mouse. It wasn't a baby, but it wasn't full grown. It was adolescent size. It was a teenage mouse. Okay. In our basement and lived in our basement. Okay. And the thing was the stupidest mouse I've ever seen in my life. How? I would be sitting there on a random time when I have free time watching a movie uh-huh. and I would see something out of the corner of my eye and I would look over and there was this mouse running around the basement floor, just like tearing around. Like, I mean, how, how far away from you? Uh, about 10 feet. 10 feet from you. So pretty aimlessly kind of was he puttering around. And could you see what he was playing with? Like, was he like... <clears throat> no, he was just running. Just running. Okay. He was just running. And he would just run, run, run. And like, I don't know what's going on. I'm a living person here he can see me surely but he keeps and he runs straight towards me and so i'm just like sitting on the couch and i'm like okay and i get up and like like wave my arms or something and he goes the the thing like stopped so fast that it basically flipped end over end and started running the other way Uh, and about five minutes later it was back wow and and it was short attention span very and 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 periodically this thing would just come out while I was down there and I'm sure it was down there all day long too, but, but I saw it 
basically every time I was down there. And so I was like, I need to get this thing. And so I put out a mouse trap. Well, it was kind of too small for it, and it also wasn't baited by it. It was a trap too small. Whoa, whoa. No, no, no. You said it was an adolescent mouse. The mouse was too small for the trap, I think. Oh, Oh, okay. Like too small to trigger the trap. Yeah, I was going to say, that's that's not a mouse. mouse. That's a rat. So, and it... I don't know. It never ate the bait anyways, so maybe it was old bait. Maybe it was, I don't know. Anyways, so I was like, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm going to get some glue traps. So I bought a pack of glue traps. I bought a pack of, I think it was eight glue traps, and I put them all in the basement. I put them all over around the edges of the floor where I saw him, places where I saw him running mm-hmm. and places I knew that he would probably have to run to get to those places I saw him running. No mouse. It went on for about a week. Did you? But did you go down and like spend some time down there, watch a movie? Yeah, you should have. He was probably just. Waiting. I did. You did. I did. And he didn't come and, out. And I saw him running around, and he went in the other place where there were no traps. And so I moved the trap over there, and I was like, I I have ten traps or or eight traps. I am going to get this mouse. Never caught it. It, it went. It was about a week and a half. Oh. Never caught the mouse. And I was like, what in the world? And then, I'm randomly walking in our office. And I look over, and there is this mouse on the floor. But it's dead. It, adolescent teenage mouse, died of its own accord right in our office. And there's 10 traps in the basement to catch this thing, and it never once set foot on these traps. Well, probably because you disrupted his uh, walking habits. It wasn't able to maintain its health. I'm pretty sure it was retarded. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it was actually a retarded what, mouse. What, how long do you expect the mouse was dead before you found it? It didn't stink yet, so a day or two at the most. Wow. So it was pretty pretty recent. That's really interesting. And there's no way to know. You couldn't do an yeah. autopsy or like... I didn't want to. You could try. Did but... you... Wow. So anyways, okay. Mouse. So what's the moral of the story? Well, that's not the end of the story. Oh. There, there's. I'm not sure if there is a moral or not, but anyways, so... Uh, a few weeks ago, I saw another mouse. This was an adult mouse, a and I, it was about it was a normal normal oh. size adult mouse. And this was about, mind you, glue traps are still in the basement mm-hmm. for all the mice that are down there, and that's where our pantry is. So that's where all the food is. So I'm standing in our kitchen, and um, the you go into the hallway from the kitchen, and then the hallway kind of branches off into the basement stairs, mm-hmm. the garage. And then our living room. Okay. And I'm standing in the kitchen by a refrigerator, which is near that doorway. And I see a mouse slither around the corner, quickly dart behind the stove. So I'm like, okay, there's another mouse. I got this thing. So I intentionally took, I went down the basement, found a glue trap, stuck it exactly where that mouse had run. Okay. And I knew he was still upstairs because he hadn't had enough time to run away. And I also got a mouse trap and put it in another corner of the kitchen. And I was like, I'm going to get this thing. No mouse. What did you bait your non-sticky traps with? Um, there's this mouse bait that you can buy. It's like a gel. And it worked very good the first time. And it also worked well for someone else. But it hasn't worked since for us. So I don't know. Is the tube of it old? Or I think you have to get anymore. inside the mind of your mouse. I, I've i caught multiple mice, and I've done it with things from peanut butter 
to chewing gum. I've heard peanut butter. I haven't heard chewing gum. Peanut. I do not endorse peanut butter. I've used flour in the past. That works too. Flour. Interestingly, that is you put some flour on there and they lick it up. And yeah. so, anyways, there is no mouse that's dead in our kitchen from these traps. And then, I think it was yesterday. Luisa was in the kitchen and she just the trash smelled really bad. And so she's like, okay, I'm going to take this thing out. So she took the bag out, and the bag did smell really bad. And then she comes back in the kitchen, and it still kind of smelled funny. And so she was like, well, maybe there's some trash just fell out. And so she, like, starts sweeping. She grabs the room, and she's, like, going to sweep out behind it. She lifts up the cra- trash can, and there's the mouse smashed by the trash can. How did that happen? It was smashed, like, flat, like, totally smashed <laughs> flat. I do not know. But obviously, one time when we changed the trash, we moved it and set it right down on top of the mouse. <laughs> and so I'm like, what, what's the point of mouse traps? If you can just kill them accidentally. They just, they, they just die haphazardly uh, through random circumstance. Was this also an adolescent? This was a full grown. Okay. So it should have known better. The next one's going to be a grandpa mouse, probably drowned in the toilet or something. It just conveniently. Well, Jeff, I thought you were going to say that we that you found another dead mouse, just <clears throat> randomly dead. Well, uh, for was. no for no reason, but like oh. an un- unknown reason. <laughs> this one death. was a very known reason. And then I was gonna I was getting a little bit worried that well maybe like maybe your water is uh, poisoned to a point mm. where it might not harm or kill you, but it is the smaller creatures in your house. Mm-hmm. I. In the past, have found that one of the most effective ways to kill mice is with poison. Just because traps, you can't you can't just leave traps anywhere, mm-hmm. uh, especially glue traps. They're like really nasty to step in Ugh. by accident, and it's happened once or twice. But also, um, the poison usually is like some kind of bait that smells or tastes good to the mouse, and they're attracted to it. But the problem with poison is if it doesn't kill them. Soon it only e- makes them stronger. Soon enough. Well, no, if it doesn't kill them right when they're eating the bait, they can go into your walls Yeah, they can go into your wall and die, yes. There used to be this kind of poison that, like, preserved the mouse so that it wouldn't stink. Oh. It was mummified poison with formaldehyde. Yeah. There's something in it there. It embalmed Yeah. It, like, the embalms mouse. the mouse. Hmm. So I don't know if they still make that or not. Maybe, probably not because it's unhealthy or whatever, but... It used to be a thing. Anyways, right. so things happen in pairs. Yeah. Get trained two and a half times, and two Get mice just die in my house. Dead moused. Get trained? Yeah, I got trained in Apony. Oh, oh, oh. That yes. kind of trained. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't think we have time for your mouse story, Liam. That, that's totally fine. Just a quick plug. Okay. Uh, if you're interested in how to catch a mouse or different mouse traps that you can buy, there's a man on YouTube by the name of Sean Woods, and he actually does, believe it or not, he does a mousetrap video every Monday, and he's mm. done it for literally years. Wow. He has an app on the App Store. I believe, let me look it up real quick. Um, mouse. Trap. Mouse trap. 
Yes. He has an app on the App Store called MTM colon Mousetrap Mondays. Um, and it's just, uh, it's basically like an encyclopedia of all the different uh, mousetraps that he has reviewed. Wow. Is he the guy that um, built a trap where the mice climb across this bridge and it like dumps them into the water? Yeah. He's done, he ha he has reviewed so many different kinds of, <clears throat> kinds of mousetraps. The one, um, one of his listeners actually built a mousetrap and it, it comes in four pieces. The one piece is a lid with sort of a dome on top of the lid with an opening on the one side of the dome and... Uh, it also comes with a little that, that that lid perfectly fits a five gallon bucket, and then another piece uh, kind of slides into the opening and is on a little swivel, and it's a very light piece of plastic. And so what you do is you bait the top of the dome on the inside of the opening of the hole that's on this lid, and then mice have to go on top of this swiveling mechanism, and as they mm. as the mice venture into this on top of this thing that pivots uh, to get the bait, they fall into the bucket. Hmm. And it also comes with two little ramps <clears throat> that you clamp together and and, that, and get up to the top. That sounds like something Mark Rover would build. Yeah, but this is like extremely cheap. It's but, yeah, and Mark but Rover it works would definitely very go well. over the top. Oh, totally. Totally. Making complex traps like that sounds like almost too much fun. I can see where you'd get lost in either building those traps or reviewing mouse traps. Yeah. Anyway, our edible today <laughs> is uh, Sherm's candy, and it's Michi gummies. Michi gummies. So obviously you've heard of you've had gummy bears before. These are Michi gummies. They're in the shape of Michigan, and uh, well, the glove part. The, no, it's not. There's also some that are in the shape the, of the other part. The up. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. So. Hey, you're right. They are in the shape of. The two different halves of Michigan. Yeah. None of them are complete Michigan. Well, it's not because it, it doesn't connect. Right. I'm trying to find... I tasted all these. They're really good. I really like the green ones. But there's blue ones, and they're not in... There's. Oh, oh I had a blue one. Uh, and these are thanks to Layton's brother-in-law, Tim. He donated these, uh, the edibles that we're having today. And I agree. From my memory of gummy bears, these are, I think, better than normal gummy bears. I agree. Mm -hmm. The flavors, I think, are more distinct than from what I ever remember from gummy bears. Like the different, they're, the different types yeah. of the different colors. They're very, um, they're very soft too. Mm -hmm. Like they're not hard, like some gummies get. They 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 taste fresh. Then they're juicy. Yeah. They have like a juicy quality to them. Mm -hmm. so, so thanks, Tim, for your donation. Yeah, Michigan gummies. Yeah, that's good. Then uh, we've got some other ones coming up next week. We'll try. We're gonna try these next week. Yeah, yeah. This these. Looks, this looks good. Well, I don't think they are. I don't think they are. Um, I, I think, think I'll like them. Mm. Are you I don't a licorice know. fan? Mm -hmm. Black licorice. Yep. Wow, yeah. Jeff, you're the only person I know that my, likes black licorice. My grandpa used to get these things called sensens, and 
they're they're they stopped making them now, so they're and they're you can still buy them, but they're very expensive. Um, but it's just like a little, um, like two millimeter by two millimeter square of of black licorice. Wow. Very very potent flavor, mm. and you just put it on your tongue and you just kind of let it dissolve. Hmm. Those are really good. All right. Word of the week. What's the point, Layden? Oh. Oh, by the way, we don't have coffee this week because I was late. Oh. You could blame it on the trains. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, point number one, Ruben, uh, don't get double trained. It'll end up you being late. Uh, point number two, uh, if you need some excavating done, probably best to avoid getting Indiana Earth. Uh, Unless you want your yard, like, torn up for a um, a really long time specifically for a certain reason, but I don't know what that reason would be. Point number three, uh, Michi gummies. Get them while they're fresh. Any point about unhuman connection or the human connection with glass taking off? Uh, Glasses are a second pair of eyes. Okay. What's our word of the week? That that was the closest (laughs) we've ever come to calling somebody four eyes. (laughs) No, no comment. What's our word of the week? Word of the week is... Midget gummies.